Hey, sports fans, this is Straight from the Basement with Tommy I'm a sports fan who always said, if I never played a sport professionally, then I want to talk about it. I'm born and raised in New York City. Played organized basketball for several well-known teams in the mid-70s and the early 80s, such as the legendary Home Cold Rucker Tournament, Melbank, Stone Gym, and Riverside Church. LaGuardia House and my all-time favorite, Each One Teach One. Having sports in my life at an early age always kept me out of trouble. If I wasn't playing basketball, I was either playing football or baseball. Hey, sports fans, this is Straight From The Basement with Tommy Ami, where my opinions, views, and facts will cover the hottest, the latest, and the past sports events. Welcome once again I want to continue to thank everyone who has liked and subscribed to my podcast. And if this is the first time you're viewing it, please do the same. As always, before I even get into today's topic, I got two hot topics to talk about. My first hot topic is, who is the current favorite to win the NBA title? Well, listen, Vegas, along with the fantasy world of sports, they believe the Boston Celtics going to win it all. They believe the Boston Celtics are going to be the 2024 NBA champions. Now, right now, the odds is 370. <laughs> Listen, they got the Celtics right behind them. Tied with the Bucks and Denver Nuggets to win it all at 440. That's the odds. And then right behind them is the Phoenix Suns at 650. The odds. Now, my opinion. My opinion only. Do I think the Boston Celtics going to win it all? Now, I'm going to give you two reasons why they may or may not. <laughs> KP, Porzingis, got to stay healthy. KP got to stay healthy. You know he got that AD syndrome when he gets hurt every other month. So far, so good. He's playing. He's playing. But, and it's a big but, he loves to take too many threes. You know come playoff time, come playoff time, them threes ain't going to be there because the defense going to be tight. He don't like going in and banging. That's not his body. He doesn't like going in. He's going to have to change that game. He's going to have to adjust right away because you cannot be out there shooting threes. And then you got your other big man, Al Horford, who loves shooting threes from the key. All three, two of y'all can't just be shooting threes and not banging down to get that and one. Now, my second reason, Al Horford. Yes, he's a, he's a pioneer. He's a, he's, a, he's a road dog. You know what I'm saying? Every team will love an Al Horford. But Al is old now. I don't know if Al can hang out for these 82 games. Then come playoff time. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because they don't have the Robert Williams to back him up. Right? They don't have a, a real deep bench for us big men to back Al Horford or KP up. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is this. If Boston Celtics is going to win it all. KP, along with Al Horford, have to be. They have to be the man during those times when they really need them. Because, listen, Tatum and Brown, they're going to take you but so far. We already know that. We've seen that. You know what I'm saying? They're going to take you but so far. You know what I'm saying? Both superstars. But they're going to need help. They're going to need help. And KP, you're supposed to be that third dude. Listen, if them threes are not dropping, since you love shooting them, you got to go down, homie. You got to go down on that paint and bang with the big boys. Try to get the and one. I know you don't like doing that, but you're going to have to. That's all I'm saying. Now, Denver Nuggets is the NBA champions. Okay, they still hold the crown. The Nuggets, I believe, everything goes through the Joker. You going to win it all? You got to go through the Joker. That's just my belief. Now, Murray just came back from an injury. 
we hope, and I'm quite sure they're hoping, that he stays healthy. Because he don't stay healthy, come playoff time, you already know what it is. Joker can't hold him. And the bench is not as strong as it was last year. Okay? Check that out. The bench is not as strong as it was last year. Now, those Milwaukee Bucks, on the other hand, yes, they gave up Drew Holiday to get Dane Dine. Got you. You know what I'm saying? I had a problem with that, but then I'm over it because I'm not a, you know, I'm not a Buck fan. But Dame is Dame, and he's still doing what he was doing in Portland. So he ain't missed a beat. The problem, I think, with right now, at the moment, unless they're coach, and I've been seeing that coach fighting Giannis. Giannis has to give up the ball come fourth quarter and let Dame Dine bring it up. Let him control the offense. He has to because Giannis still got it in his head that he can just come up and then just go. Bully ball through that wall of defense. Team's already got the wall of defense down packed now. So he's getting more and more offensive fouls like ever before. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so give up the ball to Dame Dime. I saw your coach two weeks ago go at you, calling, calling you out. You know what I'm saying? As he subbed you out. You know what I'm saying? Saying, yo, give the ball to Dame Dime. You ain't like that. You sat on the, you, you didn't even sit on the bench. You sat on the table. You, you sat on the scores table because you didn't even want to hear your coach. Oh, I don't know if you guys saw that game. I saw that game. I said, oh, they got the right coach. They got the right coach for Giannis. Give up the ball. Give the ball to Dame Dime. Let him control it. He's the point guard. He's the veteran. Come on, you wanted him. You got him, so let him bring it up. Let him control the offense. Phoenix Suns, Bradley Bill is the major issue. You guys picked him up from Washington when you made the trade. You already know you, he had back problems. Still got back problems. He's in and out, out and in. <laughs> He's never there, okay? Booker with his injuries, you know what I'm saying? So KD's holding down the fort. You got a weak bench this year. You gave up a lot, got a weak bench. You know what I'm saying? Not sure how far. Listen, when all three of you are on the court, who's stopping that offense? Got that. But on the other end, you got nobody really to stop nobody. So, I don't know about Phoenix Suns winning it all. I don't see it. I just don't see it. My second hottest topic is the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic. Listen, I don't know about y'all. I've been checking them out. Oh, Pablo Bancaro and the crew, they doing the damn thing. They doing the damn thing so much that I'm hoping that the GM come trade time in February don't do nothing stupid to, to mess this chemistry they got up. If you're going to make a trade, make a trade where it doesn't touch your, your starting five or your rota rotation players. If you're going to make a trade, you're going to do something. If you have to, if you feel you have to, GM of the Orlando Magic, don't touch the starting five and don't touch the rotation players. That's all I'm saying. Don't touch that because for right now, you guys are in the playoffs. No, y'all not even in the play-in. Y'all in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Because I think I got y'all third seed when it's all said and done. Third seed, either Milwaukee Bucks or, or Boston 1 and 2, then Orlando, then Philly. Because you take out Embiid, you got nothing really else. I mean, what Philly got after Embiid? No disrespect, but Tobias, Tobias, Tobias. Ah, ah, I'm going to leave Tobias alone. You know what I'm saying? No Embiid, nothing happening. So you better pray, Philly fans. He stays healthy. I'm quite sure y'all going to do something come February in the trade. I know y'all have to. You know what I'm saying? But I got Orlando Magic, third seed. So, let's get into today's topic. Interview with Bob McKellar. You heard me. Interview with Bob McKellar. Who is Bob McKellar? You are about to find out in this exclusive interview. Bob, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm 
doing fine, man. Everything is well. All is well. All is well. Listen, this is this is an honor. This is an honor. See, I'm leaning back. Well, thank I, you. Listen, I didn't even think this was going to happen. But when you said, yes, you want to do this interview, I said, okay, let's do the interview. Right. I'm on it, man. I'm, you know, listen. You in this gym that we in right now. Yes, sir. Has one of the main reasons why I stay straight throughout my young years. Coming in this gym back in the mid to late 70s, playing under your organization. And, and, and each one? Each one, baby. Listen, listen, I, 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 it's just, I, I got so much love for you and, and, and what you have been doing since I met you. We're talking over 40 years, way over 40 years. So, I want to thank you for agreeing to be interviewed by me. I appreciate that, because you could have just said no. No, no, it's, it's an honor to be interviewed and to be able to uh, spread the, the knowledge of the Each One Teach One program, because it's a whole lot of us who was in the program and came back to serve as counselors and coaches. And they're still here, still part of the program, like George Ball, mm -hmm. like Flubby, yeah. you know, like Chester. I mean, we got people like Pep. We got people who have really dedicated, you know, most of their life. We had young ladies like Lillian, Lillian uh, Bannister. Okay. Uh, we have a Senna Ward. We have a, a Robin. Uh, more, well, you know, hey, man, people just, you know, dedicate their time. My wife, mm -hmm. you know, Mary McCullough, she's been with this program ever since we started Each One Teach One because we originally started the three-on-three -three program here, right in this gym, before Each One Teach One, and uh, Roger Murray, Chucky Keynes, Flubby, Dorch, all of them played in the three-on-three. Three. And then they became coaches. Okay. We played up at City College, and they just ragged my team and then laughed at me, pulled a full-court press on my team. Mm. Love to beat Bobby Mack. <laughs> well, That's that rivalry that we uh, had, because we were all coaches, you right. know? So, uh, then George's brother, uh, Michael Weston, he, he coached a team, he coached an all-star team, which was uh, a high school team that uh, he coached. It was New York versus Washington, up at uh, Bronx Community College. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, uh, those are the things that we do. We played against Philadelphia. We still playing against Philadelphia. Uh, just this summer, we played against Philadelphia. George is in touch with my niece in Philadelphia. And uh, this year, uh, coming up, 2024, we're going to probably play, well, it's supposed to be not set yet because we got to get George Ball's approval, uh, we're going to play Atlanta. Okay. We're going to play Atlanta, Atlanta versus New York. And uh, the game that we're going to play is going to be simultaneously played in Oakland, California, and Chicago. And Chicago. And New York. Okay. So that's what we are planning on. I sent uh, George a flyer about Each One Teach One Presents. That's the Atlanta game that we're having. So uh, it's early, but we're getting the uh, calendar straight. I'm, okay. I'm in charge of all the special events. And all the special events that uh, I come across, I usually give them to George, because George makes up the schedule. And I usually ask, people to get in touch with him. All right, so that's George Ball. 
Yes, George, George Bull. Bull. Well, listen, um, you know, you are a, I'm just going to just come out and say, a New York City legend, right? We're we talking a New York City legend, a New York State legend, right? Rucker Pro legend, first African-American selected to the South Southern Textile Tournament All-Star Team in Greensville, South Carolina in 1965 known throughout the basketball world and drafted into the NBA by the Cincinnati Royals. Listen, this is an honor for me, and I thank you for this interview so much. But I got 10 questions for you, and I, and, and I need you to give me the meat and potatoes with the cranberry sauce. I know we in store in the holidays and the Thanksgiving, so I need you to give it to me. Sound like you're going to do, you're willing to you, Listen, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting you to do all this talking so fast. So, so, so hit me with these answers, with these responses. My first question is, Mr. Bob McKellar, you come from an era that baseball was the dominant sport for black youth. Why basketball growing up? Explain the hard, and then explain the hard work that got you to the level that you made it to. Why basketball back then? Baseball was the... Well, you know, uh, when I was 12 years old, I used to play in the park on 140th Street and uh, Linux Avenue, which is now Markham X Boulevard. Right. And um, one of the guys named Billy Banks was playing against me, and he was saying, uh, I'm going to the Rucker tryouts. He said, are you going to the Rucker trials? I didn't know who Rucker was. Who is Rucker? He said, they're having a Rucker trials at St. Philip's Community Center. Okay. Now, St. Philip's Church is one of the oldest church in America, right? But they have a community center, and Hulkin Rucker coached the basketball team there. Matter of fact, he coached five teams. Okay. And a girls' team, and cheerleaders. <laughs> cheerleaders, okay. Yes, he had the tots, uh, that's the uh, biddies, mm -hmm. the midgets, he had the cubs, the juniors, and the seniors. You remember that? Oh yeah, I remember okay. that. Okay. So I tried out, I went there to try out and everything, I got cut. You got cut, not Bob McKellar. I got cut, <laughs> yes sir, I got cut from the team. So I was living on 39th Street at right. the time between Markham X Boulevard and 5th Avenue. And then my family moved to 133rd Street, the same block as St. Phillips. As God had it, he put me right there, right? So the Rucker Trials was coming again every year. I went to try out. I tried out and... Uh, they put different teams, there's about 30 or 40 people there, right. and they all have fives, everybody get a chance, they alternate by fives. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went in there and I scored four points, and then Rucker was looking around for a team and everything. I raised my hand, I said, I scored four points. Rucker said, I'm not looking for people that score points. I'm looking for people who can play. play. I got cut. So hold up, people. I don't think y'all know this. Bob got cut from the Rucker twice. Yes, exactly, exactly. I got cut. So, uh, you know, uh, being that I was around 133rd Street, uh, we had a gang, and I was in the gang. Okay. And there was a group from my old block, 139th Street, called the Assassins that beat up one of the guys in 133rd Street. So we all got ready. Uh, guys on the roof with bottles and bricks and everything, waiting for days. the assassins to come. And they had knives, and one had a pistol. Me, I had a hatchet. You had a hatchet, yeah, oh yeah, my God. Y'all yeah, yeah. hearing this, people? <laughs> I mean, I had to live this down. You know, they called me the hatchet man. You know? <laughs> okay. So anyway, what happened was uh, I was coming from the park where they had the summer program, but this was like uh, in the autumn. This was like in uh, September mm -hmm. when the summer was over. 
And a guy named Fred Scott, uh, he rode around on the bike and said, hey man, uh, be careful when you come down the block. It's full of police, full of detectives. You know, so I was with the most valuable player on the Biddy team. He was a friend of mine named uh, Buster Bryant. Ulysses okay. Bryant was his name. And he was going to Dewey Clinton High School. And so we walked back to 133rd Street, and the detective said, hey, hey, y'all live here? You understand? Because they knew the assassin was supposed to come. Right. So they stopped. Ulysses Buster was his nickname. I kept walking. And the cops said, hey, you, hey, you, come in. I kept walking. I took my hatchet out of my stomach, <laughs> threw it down to St. Philip's basement. Clang, clang, clang. He came and said, what you throw down there? I said, nothing. He said, oh, no, you threw something down there. I said, he said, go down there and get it. I went down there. I took two keys out of my pocket. I went upstairs. I said, see? my keys. That's what happened. Mm. He said, oh, no. So he told him, officer, go down at the flashlight. They went down there and found the hatchet. My God. They put me in the cop car, took me to the precinct. Okay. <laughs> Woe and behold, the director, the executive director of St. Philip's came to the precinct, Lorraine Younger. She came, that's the one that hired Rucker okay. to work you know, and uh, you know, run the teams. And she came with Rucker and asked that uh, I be released in her custody. And they said, no, only in his mother's custody. So they went and my mother came and they released me. So I said to my mother, why my father didn't come? Why? She said, are you kidding me? He's ducking those people. He's a number man. <laughs> Listen, we get we getting it all from Bob here. Yeah. We definitely getting it all from Bob. Well, that was well, my father's business, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, listen. I I I want to move on because you you are listen. You're killing me right now. <laughs> Question number two, Bob. How long has basketball been a part of your life? And then please explain what ever, it has done for you. Ever since I was 12 years old. Okay. Miss Younger told Rucker, put him on a team, keep him out of trouble. Okay. So even though I was cut twice, mm -hmm. I finally made the team. You made the team. You made the team. <laughs> and I was on the bench. When the team was 20 points ahead, I'll go in. When the team was 20 points down, I'll go in. So I spoke to Buster, the most valuable player. Right. And he said, you want to know why Rucker don't play you? I said, why? He said, because you don't shoot. Mm. So, you know, guys say to me, you can't blame me for that because you shooting all your life. Right, <laughs> right. But what has basketball done for you for your life? Well, basketball has made me a better person okay. because uh, when I grew up, if you looked at me wrong, I would punch you in your mouth. It was a fight. Mm. Just a look. Just a look. Right, because you know, you got guys who go around trying to intimidate other people with their looks. And that's one thing that I did not like. Because you know, you're going for bad. So now, uh, I'm feeling in my heart as I talk to you. Mm -hmm. And I don't care who it is, you can be from east side, west side. I don't care where you're from, okay? The thing is, is that when you meet somebody, okay, they're supposed to be calling you, hey, man, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? But when somebody come like they're a murderer, mm -hmm. somebody come like they're a takeoff artist mm -hmm. or a stick-up man and give me a man, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a murderer, okay? I'm going to knock you out. See, that's my attitude. That was your attitude back then. That was then. my attitude. Okay. I don't care who you are because you can't shoot no meanies, what we call. You can't shoot no meanies at me and nothing's going to happen because you just declared war by just looking at me. 
And that's how I rose. So everybody knew how I was. And I had no problems, but I carried myself like I didn't bother anybody. But Listen. everybody knew, they said, that's a disguise. Okay, don't mess with him. And then it was all my brothers. Okay. They said, because he got a lot of brothers, but my brothers felt like this. You had to fight on your own. We're not gonna come and fight your fight. We're not gonna come and help you. And that's how it was. And uh, well, you shouldn't listen, Bob. You, you, you're giving me the meat and potatoes and then some. I'm, 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 listen. That's the truth. Yeah, yeah you, I'm you, giving you the truth. And I appreciate that so much. Because, you know, what I didn't tell you about my family, those were some bad dudes. Well, listen, I want to get to question number three. Okay, before you do that, let me just tell you this. My brother was wanted by the FBI. Okay? okay? By the FBI. Uh, he was stick-up man. He was a getaway, car-driving getaway. Okay, the FBI sought him. All right, when I was in elementary school, he was in the newspapers being arrested by a detective. And the brother of the detective was my junior high school teacher. Because, mm. you know, in Harlem, Harlem is a small place. Well, everybody know everybody. They would come up to me and say, are you Leroy McCullough's brother? I said, yeah, I get an attitude. I don't care if he's a gangster. I don't care what he is. And my father takes numbers, yeah, that's who I am. Even though I don't do that, okay, that's who I am. And then I'm gonna end like this. When I was nine years old, and they still tease me today, Okay. I had the McCullough gang. And then when Chucky e. Keynes and Gino Horn and them was in the program, okay, from the Wrangle program, they found out through Ralph Dunbar that I had the McCullough gang. Boy, they could not wait to see me and said, man. We found out about you. <laughs> well, listen, we getting it all, y'all, from Bob McKellar. We, and I'm not, I didn't even hit him with question three yet. I still got seven more questions. Go ahead. Well, go listen, ahead. question ahead. three. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> what was the experience like being the first African-American selected to the Southern Textile Tournament All-Star Team in Greensville, South Carolina in 1965? What was that experience like? Well, the captain of the chain gang in South Carolina heard about me being one of the leading scorers in the nation. And he came to Benedict to see me play. And during that time, I think I might have scored 40, maybe 40 or 49, maybe 40, not 49, maybe about 40 points. Okay. And he came to me. While I was still dressed in uniform, I was getting ready to go to my dorm, and the uh, business manager of Benedict called me over and introduced me to him as the captain. And the captain said, do you want to play in the Southern Texas basketball tournament in Greenville, South Carolina? I said, yes. He said, let me just caution you. You will be the only black to play. And we're looking for black players. So I just want you to know you would be the only black. You would be like Jackie Robinson mm. playing. I said, I'm ready. So they sent for me, which is 100 miles away, put me in a white hotel, which is a no-no, because during that time, they had discrimination where blacks could not stay in the hotel, could not eat in the restaurant. And they had it where I could eat in the restaurant that was down below the hotel. Oh, man, it was something else. And the bill from the restaurant went to them. The bill from the hotel went to them. I paid for nothing. And then they gave me a 
pre diem they gave me money. And then they said to me, you know, you're the only black. We want to get a couple of other black players. We talked to one of the other teams, and they said that they would have a black player. So I went back to South Carolina, well, Columbia, which is the capital. capital right. And I told my roommate, Bob Sorrell, come on. They want you in Greenville, South Carolina. But I went to get a big man first uh, okay, <laughs> to okay. play on my Let team. Play on your team. <laughs> yeah. right. okay. Hank Hinkleton, 6'6", six, six, left-handed, went up there. So when we played, we were playing half court right here because there were so many teams in the tournament. And we were playing, and I said, Hank, dunk. I said, dunk, Hank. He said, man, why don't you dunk? I said, oh, come on, man. You got to dunk for the crowd. So he finally dunked one, and the crowd went off. So I came down. I put the ball behind my back right here right. in the air, held it mm. in the air, and then flipped it over that side to the man. He laid it up. Boy, they went off. It was on from there. Oh, they went off. Then we went on the long court, and it was all over. It was all okay, over. Okay, yeah, I was shooting, going behind my back, mm -hmm. going between my legs, and the crowd was excited. They just were excited. So the team from Columbia, the white boys from Columbia, said in the papers, if we knew that they were going to let you know, black players play, Bob McCullough would be playing with us because he's from Columbia, Columbia. and it. we from Columbia. Okay, you, you know, it. but that's what happened. That's what happened. And I made the all-star team and I played the championship game against my roommate. Mm. And he played with Billy Cunningham. Billy Cunningham. The same Billy 76ers. Cunningham, the 76ers. Right. And he was the coach of the championship team. Okay. With Dr. J and then won when, right, the world that. championship. I remember that. I remember Philadelphia that. Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. But that was my roommate's teammate. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so okay. Uh, I understand that today they have a picture of a player for black history down in Greensville. And one of my uh, alumni is going to see if that picture is me. It's you. Okay. Yeah, so. Well, I hope it is. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question number four. Yes. Right? What is the difference between pro rucker and the rucker? Please explain, because I'm, I'm asking this because I came to you in the mid-'70s playing on these courts, and I remember um, Coach Lenar, God rest his soul, brought each one teacher went over to the rucker courts, but it was called the rucker not pro-rucker. So is there a difference between pro-rucker and the rucker? Of course. Because the rucker uh, is a Hogan Rucker Community League, which is at 145th Street, and Lennox Avenue, which is Adam Clayton, no, 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 no. Malcolm X. Malcolm X, okay. Malcolm X Boulevard. And they primarily uh, deals with the youth. And they have a high school division. And they used to have uh, unlimited division, but they don't have it anymore. But we are primarily pro. We're strictly pro. Pro. Yes. The only non-pros that played up at Rucker Park, which is world famous, are the Each One Teach One program. They're the only ones that played just before the pros. Okay. And we also have the Each One Teach One women's team that won the championship in 1976. Okay, okay. Yeah, I asked the question because, you know, that's all I heard was the rucker. Then I heard the pro rucker. I knew the pro rucker, I wanted my audience to know that it was a difference. Oh, it definitely yeah. is. Thank you so much. Question number five, Bob. You were drafted in the NBA in 1965 by the Cincinnati Royals and only played 15 exhibition games. Please explain why. Well, you know, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I know why. I want my audience to know why. <laughs> well, you know, uh, there were only nine teams in the NBA when I was trying. At that time, right. Now there are 30 or 32. 32. 32 teams right now. 32 teams right. and there are black players all over. Oh, yeah. But when I played, it was a quota against black players. You could have but so many black players, okay? And I was holding out a spot that belonged to one of the world's greatest basketball players, which is Oscar Robson. Oscar Robson, big up, okay. And so when he came back, the whole team, everybody wanted to see the matchup between me and Oscar. And what happened was I came down, put the ball behind my back, and Oscar had long arms. He wrapped the ball, okay, around. And I called a foul. Mm -hmm. And he took the ball and walked away, right, over here. Like it happened with George's, right. he walked to the foul line, bounced the ball hard and said, you got to play here. He said it twice. You got to play here. So what would you have told him if he said that to you? <laughs> we talking about Oscar Robinson? Yeah, Oscar Robinson. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know at the moment. What do you, you think I told him? Well, I think, I think you told him, I'm in your league if I get a chance. No. I mean, that's not what you told him. I told him, take the ball out. <laughs> okay. He don't want to respect my call, uh -huh. so take the ball out. He took the ball out, and it was all over. That, that was the end of it. That was it. That was it. I ran up and down the court. Because <laughs> remember, back in the day, they played possession basketball uh -huh. from college, but not me. I'm from Harlem. From Harlem. We run and gun. Right. So being that I'm the backcourt, I push my team. Boom, bam, hit them all. Boom, bam, 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 bam. They did like this. They didn't know what was going on. So they didn't know what was going on. We beat them. Okay. So guess what the coach said? What was that? Everybody get dressed. Go in the locker room. But you see, they were waiting. The whole team and the coach was waiting for the matchup between me and Oscar. You and Oscar. But the coach said, call your own fouls. So I called the foul. He ain't respect. It wasn't respect. Exactly. So I said, what I say? What I say? Well, you said you told take, me ball out. Take the ball out. Right. Uh-huh. And then after he took the ball out, it was all over. It was all over. <laughs> Outran them, uh -huh. outshot them, out everything. That was it. It's big O, you and Oscar. Wow. And then when I got in the bus. Jack Twyman, you have to look his name up, Jack Twyman. Okay. He stood up and blocked me in the bus and said, you trying to buck Oscar, huh? I said, who won? He sat down. <laughs> he sat down. So then years later, remember now, Kareem wasn't in the NBA. At that time. No, right. sir. He was just finishing high school. Right, remember. Talking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he's talking about people. Right, so when Kareem was up at Freddie Crawford's store, I came up there, guess what he said? What? You try to buck Oscar. Oh, man, Oscar was that man. So he guess what I said? Back. Guess what I said? What you said? You asked Oscar about me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what he said? Oh, no, man, I was just playing. Okay, that was crazy. But you see the word? Went around. Went around quick, yes. Went around because quick. Because Kareem wasn't even in the NBA. Yeah. He was just graduating from right, high school. Right, right, right. So you see, yeah. he and Oscar played and they won the championship together. Yeah, they did. I
remember that. Try to buck Oscar. That became the theme. Okay. All right. Wayne Emery, the first African American to be the general manager in the NBA. Well, listen, I got names. My question number six. I know there's names in the pro rucker and NBA players who you played against and went hard on. Who was those names? Throw some names out. Because I know you didn't, you know, you mentioned Kareem, you, you were one on ones with Oscar Robinson. Throw some more names out. Jalen Rose's father. Jalen Rose's father, okay. Right, who was the uh, rookie of the year. Okay. Okay, uh, what's his name? Jimmy Walker. Jimmy Walker, okay. You wanna research him? I'm gonna research him when I get home. Okay, Jimmy Walker. All right, we went at it. Okay. Okay, now, uh, Tiny Archibald. Tiny, yeah, Archibald. Okay, uh, Dave Collins. Oh, Dave Collins. Tiny and him was um, teammates in Boston. They were teammates time. in right. the Rucker. In the Rucker, too. Okay. In the Rucker, right. Okay. okay. And uh, uh, Walt Simon. Walt Simon. I heard that name before. You need to look him up. I'll look him up. Definitely look him up. So Cleo. Okay. I'll look him up. <laughs> you want the list? Yeah. Well, listen, I know you got a list. I know we can go on for the next 15 minutes. I just gave him we to We're going to move on to question number I seven. I just gave him to I you. asked you to give me the meat and potatoes before we started. You are definitely giving it to I me. I just gave them to Question you. number seven. What year was each one teach one born? 1967. 1967. Okay. And the next question, this is two-parter. Why each one teach one? Why that name? Well, God had sent that to me. Okay. And what I was told was that I should not deny it. I should not deny it. I should accept it. Yeah, and you did. You definitely and did. And that's what I do. You got to remember this. Says God has sent this to me. Now listen to me carefully. I'm listening. How is it that this program could last for over 55 years? That's right. With limited, limited donations and contributions. That's why I asked the question. 55 years. It's really 56. We're working on our 57th year come 2024. Okay. So how could that happen? Number God. Mm -hmm. We, and I told you earlier when we first started, I named all the people who came back to the program. Yes, you did. To make sure that the program is successful. We've had state funding. We've had city funded. We've never had federal funding. No federal funding. Okay. 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 And it's always been a little bit of money. It's never been a whole lot of money. Okay. But you but made it work. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, made it you work. Made it we, work. we. We. Not yeah, just me. Yeah, yeah. We made it work because the people just keep coming back. Right. Okay. Well, uh, George Borg submitted a proposal that helped us out okay with the state yeah okay George Ball, uh, good dude good dude we yeah. uh had a proposal submitted for uh with the city for five thousand dollars okay discretionary monies okay for five thousand dollars that's how we be living to be honest with you all five thousand dollars here and twenty thousand dollars there, you know yeah. what I mean? Okay. No real money, but what's happening is that we got people who volunteer. But whenever we get money, you gotta make sure that the people who volunteer their time get some money. Get something. That's you know right what I'm saying? That's the right thing to do. Yeah. Definitely the right thing to do. Well listen, you already answered question eight. My question eight was does each one teach one? 
Does each one teach one lead still exist? And I know they do. So you run it on your 57th, as you indicated. So my next question, which is question number nine, have you helped, you have helped so many parents develop lives of young boys and girls throughout basketball, helped many receive scholarships. You are a protege to a, college, to a lot of college D1 players, NBA players. Why are you still doing this? Well, you know, it's a calling uh, from God, you know, and I believe that the guys who came back to help will tell you the same thing that I'm about to tell you, mm -hmm. and that is that somebody helped me. Gotcha. See what I'm saying? So why shouldn't I help somebody else? Mm -hmm. And that's really why, you know, we do it, because somebody helped us, because uh, we could have been on drugs. Yeah. We could have robbed banks. We could have been in prison, or we could have been dead from street crimes, you know, murder in the streets. You see it on television. You see the gun violence. It could have been any one of us. Yeah. But instead of us being involved in the street, we really uh, dedicate our lives to trying to help young boys and girls who are in the street. Because, you know, we've graduated from the streets and uh, we want to help somebody else. So some of them are knuckleheads. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. They don't want to listen. They want to do their own thing. But we don't give up. You know, a Chester got a lot of knuckleheads where he is in Calumna Park. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Flubby has a lot of knuckleheads and uh, each one teach one park. Eric Bowles. Eric Bowles. Yeah, yeah well, you know, yeah. it, it, it comes with the territory. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of work that we do. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so, my, so my question number 10, you basically answered it right now. It don't seem like you're going to officially retire. It seems like you're going to no. go on as long as God's got you moving, got you shaking, you're going to continue with this each one teach one. No, it's the plan is for George Ball to take over. So, so, so let me get this straight. Yep. You got a plan to retire shortly? It's supposed to have been last year. Oh, okay. It's supposed to have been last year. Okay. Remember, George Ball is ready. Okay. I can go to Florida. You can go to Florida. <laughs> we all heard it first, people. Listen, 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 listen. I wasn't really expecting question 10 because this, this man is known throughout the basketball world, right? Respected by mayors and officials, city government agencies throughout his whole entire years of doing this each one, teach one. Um, the respect, just, just showing up to the Willis Reed day that you had up in, um, at, at the Rucker yes. over the summer and seeing all the officials come up there from the city. And I was like, this is ball, you know? And I wasn't surprised the respect. And just hearing others, city councils talking about whatever, when Bob McCullough calls, you show up. You know, when I heard that, you know, I already knew that, but just to hear it from, from, new, from, from new faces, you know what I mean? It was like, dang, this man still got the, he still got the respect out here, you know? Listen, Bob, I thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, it's you, my pleasure. You, 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 one of those role models yeah. that I looked up to. I got a quick story before I, we cut it. Bob had, you know, with, with each one teach one, Camp Menacing. For those who don't know, Camp Menacing is in Harlem. It's a camp that, that you know, the community goes to, I think, for, every, for a two-week period or yeah, whatever, two, right? Two weeks. Okay, so it's the late 70s. I'm already one of his students at the each one teach one. My mom's, I'm, I'm 12 years old because I remember my mom's and my pops just separated. So dad is out the house. Mom, single parent, I come home from each one, teach one one day, and I said, Mom, I want to go to Camp Menacing. Bob McKellen made, you know, two weeks, basketball camp, I want to go. And she's like, she's like, nah, you can't go, you know. Uh, I got to make sure you're good. She, you know, she worried. 
She didn't want nothing to happen to me because she didn't want my father, who ain't now there, coming at her. You know what I'm saying? If something was to happen to me. You came to visit family in the neighborhood. We know who that family is. And, and me and my mom just happened to be out standing outside the building. It was a Saturday. I never forget it. Early afternoon. I said, Mom, the Bob McKellar right there. <laughs> I ran over to Bob. I told Bob, Bob, I want to go. But Ma ain't let me. Can you please talk to her? So Bob walked back over. Reassured my moms that I will be fine in those two weeks. Nothing to worry about. Ba, 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 ba. Then my moms turned around and said, you can go. That was my first and only camp in my youth days. <laughs> Going away out of Harlem for two weeks. I thank you for that. I'm still thanking you for that. Yeah, I got to see what it looks like outside of yeah. the housing project. Well, I want to thank you for so much for this interview, Bob. I appreciate you so much. Oh, yeah. Anytime, man. Yes. Anytime. Yes, Anytime. yes, yes. 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 Oh, I want to thank all of you for hanging out with me outside and inside of my basement for this show. I appreciate y'all so much. To my viewers and listeners, please continue to check me out on YouTube and subscribe. Check me out on my streaming platforms, Apple and Spotify. Also, please remember to check out the Doobie Does Foundation that is fighting childhood obesity, which helps support youth sports, fitness, and health at DoobieDoes.com. Plus, check out the Evenflow Coffee Company. Created to combine the interests of coffee lovers, fashion, and music. For more information or to make a purchase, visit EvenflowCoffee.com. As I always say, sports is what keeps this world from going insane, either in a pandemic or no pandemic. Until next time, take care.